Welcome to the Health Coach Nation podcast. My name is Haley Rowe. I'm a sales and marketing coach and strategist for health coaches, life coaches, and wellness professionals who want to become a leader in their field by building their online community, rocking their sales process, and finally feeling confident about how they promote themselves and their marketing. On this show, we talk about tips to grow your business, save yourself time, and finally be able to create a sustainable, profitable business. Let's get into it. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Zero to Hero Coach Program. This is my four-month program teaching coaches and online service providers how to grow your online business, book clients consistently, overcome your sales fears, and finally rock your social media visibility. If you struggle to create a sustainable coaching business, this program is for you. Check out HaleyRowe.com and book your free strategy call with my team or myself today. Thank you. I am here today with Charlie Ray. And Charlie Ray is a healer and a coach, and he's going to tell you all about himself. But we're going to talk today about what is your mindset blocks in your coaching business and how do you develop a winning mindset that allows you to move forward in your business with the strategies and the things that you know you want to be doing, um, but making it not feel so heavy. Because a lot of times when I work with clients in the Zero to Hero Coach Inner Circle or my private programs, there's usually something that comes up along the way or right away (laughs) comes up around mindset or I don't feel like I'm enough or who am I to charge for my services or whatever it is. So um, Charlie, why don't you just introduce yourself and what got you into the mindset healing realm and and we can go from there. Sure. Uh, Hello, everyone. My name is Charlie Ray and my start and beginning kind of happened around 2010. I had a a major tragedy in my life. Um, My 14-year-old son really liked this girl in this class. She did not like him back. So her and two other girls made fun of him, call him names, put stuff on social media. Um, we didn't know that his parents, and he had trouble sleeping. So we brought him to the pediatrician. Pediatrician couldn't find anything wrong with him. He seemed to be fine, but she thought that he might be mildly depressed based on his symptoms. So they put him on Zoloft. Uh, later on in the school year, we started noticing that he started cutting himself. And so we brought him to a psychiatrist. The psychiatrist increased the medication. Two weeks after the increase, um, I get a call from my 14-year-old daughter. I'm out getting some pizza with his mom. And I get a call that Christopher is not responding to her. He's not moving. And we immediately come home and run down in the basement. And he had hung himself. Uh, He was flight for life over to the local children's hospital. He was on life support for about three days. But there was nothing that we could do to save his life. And so that changed my world like instantly, like, okay, what, what can I do to help other people? And I really got into the world of understanding energy psychologies. Uh, the one that I practice is NLP. And so I just kind of developed it from there and realized that we are all being blocked with something. There's always an emotional trauma that happens in our lives. And the, the key is figuring out where did it begin and how do you get rid of it? And that's what I do. Wow. Yeah. I mean, what a story to truly create um, a shift in your life. And I'm very sorry that happened. And I um, just want to acknowledge that you were able to 
take that situation and say, how can I help other people? Um, now, when it comes to having something that happened in our past that blocks us from our future, what would you say? I mean, I know, for example, what I hear is like, I'm not enough is a really common one. Um, I'm not like, so that could be, I'm not good enough. I'm not fit enough. I'm not smart enough, whatever it is. Um, but what would you say the top three patterns that you see among people, especially business owners? Cause we're talking to coaches today, um, that hold them back. Yeah, absolutely. So the top three for anybody, whether you're a business owner or anyone is usually, I don't feel like I'm enough, right? I don't feel like maybe I'm loved. Maybe I don't feel significant. Like those three things, loved, significant, and not feeling enough are such a major factor that I've noticed out of the people that I've worked with is maybe I don't feel like I have enough presence to build my business or something's holding me back from really getting to the level that I'm at. And all of those things start from pretty much from birth to seven years old. From our third trimester to seven years old, you are who you are based on the people that are in your environment. You hear so many times of us saying, oh, if you look at the top five people in your life, that's as successful as you're going to be. This is not new information. This has been going on forever. People have been saying that. Well, who are the people in your life at a young age that were impacting you? And what were they saying to you that caused those feelings? Because that's the beginning of it. That's where it all starts. Yeah, absolutely. So let's say, um, I mean, for me, thankfully, I grew up with very loving parents and very encouraging and that kind of thing. And I know that that helped play a role in what I felt confident in doing and not doing and stuff in life. Um, but what if somebody didn't have the best situation growing up and they're like, okay, yeah, I acknowledge that, that maybe I didn't have the best upbringing or my parents said things that you know, have really stuck with me or whatever. Um, what is the first step to start to work through that? Sure. So when you look at that, like we're being programmed, right? You're almost like a computer. We're sitting on a computer. You open up a brand new computer and the pr there's nothing running because there's no programs on it, right? So you're being programmed. So the best thing to do is figure out, A, what is the emotion that's coming up for you? What is the trigger that's coming up from you? And where did you identify the very first moment, the earliest moment that you could, that you started feeling that way, that emotion or that trigger? Where did it start from? Because if you can identify the very first moment, you can start releasing that. And that release process, especially through energy psychologies, can be done instantaneously. Like within one session, it could be gone. Yeah. So what if somebody's like, do you have any questions to help them pinpoint when that started to happen or what situation sure. it was? So what I would do is, like I said, first identify, you know, I mean, obviously as a coach, you're teaching other people what they need to be doing moving forward. And you're applying that into your own life because your experience is the best thing you have. So first of all, okay, what is your block? What's holding you back? Once you identify that block, is there an emotion or a trigger attached to that block, right? Do I, am I always getting angry? Am I feeling anxious? What is that emotion that you're having? And what's the trigger? Is it, a, is it a, a tone of voice? Is it somebody saying something to you? Is it a 
feeling that when you don't succeed at something, you feel like you're not enough. What is that trigger? And then once you identify the earliest moment of that trigger, you can start piecing this all together. And then you can start doing some release techniques that you can do. And there's a couple of things that we do to place anchors to kind of counteract um, that, that trigger, right? To take your mind immediately out of that state and put you into a different state. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, trigger. So what what noticing your patterns? Oh, when so and so says this to me, I get immediately frazzled or whatever. And I really like how you're bringing up feelings and what feeling is around it. I think a lot of times we are I think a lot of the reason why we either don't take risks or we avoid failure or whatever in our business is just because we forget that we're able to feel our feelings and manage them, which, mm -hmm. you know, some people feel like, I don't know if I'm capable of feeling so incredibly nervous that my heart is beating and I'm sweating and I look really like scary and I'm, you know, my voice is quivering and all, but really at the end of the day, the worst case scenario in whatever you do is a feeling of some kind. Right. Yeah. So how does Absolutely. somebody like, and, and I think there's a fear of if I let myself feel the feeling, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to be productive. I'm not, um, you know, I'm going to eat my whole kitchen cabinets or I'm going to scroll social media. I'm going to make a really poor purchase decision. Or if I let myself yeah. feel that feeling, you know, something really bad is going to happen. So how do we start to trust ourselves in feeling our feelings and identifying what it feels like to feel a feeling? So that's a great way of putting it. So if you have a feeling, right? Like, and you want to bury it, like, oh no, I'm, I, this is coming out again. Like I said, you got to go and identify it. It's okay to have that feeling. You want to have that feeling because guess what? If it's a feeling and emotion that's not allowing you to move forward, then where are you going to be in one year or two years or five years if you keep not addressing that emotion and that feeling? So once you can just allow yourself, it's okay to feel that way. Because sometimes we have feel, happiness is a feeling. You might have a moment in your life where, oh my gosh, I feel so happy. And it triggers you, right? You see something, like, oh my God, I remember this time that was like the happiest moment in the world to me. So you're having programs or emotions that positively impact you it's okay to have the emotions that don't impact you in, or impact you in a negative way and don't help you to move forward it's all right because that's the first step in identifying and getting rid of those programs that are not serving you right they're not helping you move forward that's the key step it's allowing yourself to feel that emotion and it's okay because now you can start figuring out hey what is this? Is it serving me? If it's not, time to get rid of it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think like just starting to um, bring curiosity to it and not judging yourself for having the feeling is a big thing. Cause I think a lot of yeah. people, they'll be like, Oh, I'm like, why, what's wrong with me? And they're asking the wrong questions. Like what's wrong with me? Why do I feel so sad? Whatever it is versus what does this feel like in my body? What do I think triggered this? How do I want to feel about the situation? You know, and just kind of bridging their way into a better place, right? Um, but the yeah. point of, of feelings is not to immediately get rid of them. It's 
kind of what you're saying, which is allow them and feel them and learn from them and their, Mm -hmm. their guidance for us to know what we need to release or let go or that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's like, for example, like I, I'll have emotions come through me all the time. There could be the smallest little thing that triggers me. And unfortunately I went through such a severe trauma um, and the energy psychology has helped me get through that. But I live with that pain for the rest of my life, losing my son. And now I'll come up and I'll feel it. But you know what? I utilize that pain and I have an unbelievable drive to serve and help other people. I didn't have that before. I was a totally different person before that happened to me. And now this unbelievable drive just make an impact in somebody's life. That's what I do it for. It's that pleasure of being able to impact somebody's life. And you all have that too, or you wouldn't be coaching people if you didn't want to serve and help people. But what I want to do is I want to jump into a moment where you identify an emotion that may not be serving you, right? As a mindset coach, you know that you can take your mind from one place and move it into another place, from a sad place to a happy place. How do you do that? You can easily place a trigger or an anchor that will trigger you out of that state into another state. So when you start realizing um, what that emotional state is that does not serve you and you don't want it, what I would recommend doing is I call it find your antidote. What's the opposite feeling that you want to have? What do you want to feel? Do you want to feel happy, empowered, whatever that is? And so once you identify that, what you're going to do is you're just going to take yourself into the state. You close your eyes, see, feel, hear, everything, the smells, everything that's going on around you, be in that state. And then when you get to that state, you know, when you learn in school, you have that bell curve that goes up and that comes back down. As the emotion is up and you're in that state and you're feeling excited or you're feeling happy, which you, that's when you're going to place your anchor. You can tap on your tap on your knuckle, rub your fingers, whatever you want that anchor to be. It needs to be the same anchor every time, because when you when you channel that, you get down into a state that you don't feel that's working for you. All you can simply do is touch that knuckle, and it brings you in. It immediately triggers you right mindset from that shift from the negative state into the state you want to feel, and you're over it. Now, that's just kind of a band-aid. It doesn't release it, but at least it immediately can get you out of that state with enough emotion and enough feeling of pleasure of that other um, instance of what you want to feel. And then the stronger that trigger will be. So you just touch it, hold it down, and you're out of that state. And it can work as simple as that. I love that. Yeah. And we actually, um, when I was at the Tony Robbins event, they did a thing where we would you know, clap and you'd think of your victory moment or something and yeah. it would immediately change yeah. your state if you're in the yeah. middle of something and you need to like get excited or whatever. Um, and it was really cool because I was, I've never done that before. I'm, you know, I'm new to this kind of thing, but. Did you um, do, do the train whistle? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Every time you hear the train whistle, you because he talks about that train, right? Yeah. As we drive now and we see trains, we're like, oh shit, we're going to wait forever, right? But what did he do? He reprogrammed and anchored that whistle to feel like excited and happy and jump up and down. So I guarantee you the first week, if you saw a train, it would trigger you to be like, oh my God, like there's a train. Like you were right, a little right. kid again. Yeah. That's exactly yeah, what it was. Totally. Like I think um, really we all are, We get, what you make 
a neutral thing like a train whistle mean in your brain is totally up to you and his whole yeah. thing was like most people hate train whistles and get annoyed and are like i'm gonna be late so let's yeah. let's help you guys laugh and like every time i play the train whistle throughout the day today you have to get up like jump yeah. be happy, <laughs> laugh, and it was hilarious so then of course you remember that next time because of the reps you yeah. put in at the event and yeah. one of the things um i've had to learn i would say in the last two years is being um, much more comfortable around feeling um, mistakes or feeling failure. So I've tried okay. bigger things. I've done, Good. I've been really setting the bar high for myself. And as a result, that requires a lot more failures amongst a lot more wins. And I think a lot of people think you could skip that part, but you can't, right? So yeah. my whole thing is, when I've made a mistake or when I've, you know, done something that I'm like, oh, shoot, I wish I would have done it this way or I wish I would have made this choice or whatever. Yeah. It's like a visceral gut punch. Like, it's like, oh, like I'm so I feel the feeling for me is inadequate. It's like, oh, I am inadequate. And I know I, I mean, I did a coaching session on this with my coach because I was like, I can't if I'm going to do big things, I'm going to have to feel this a lot. <laughs> so I need to learn how to deal with this and not make it me. And I've so wrong. I've done something super inadequate or whatever. And so how do we, you know, I, I understand that we get to decide what we make things mean. And I think one of the things um, that you've, when you've said that you have so much drive after what happened, I think there's like a thing called post-traumatic growth or something like that, where something okay. some, there, there is a book about it. And it's about how if something traumatic or challenging happens, some people come out of that with this new like drive or mission or thing that is like, yeah. this is what I need to do now. And um, so maybe check that out. But what I wanted to ask you is when it comes to um, going through like, just how do you start to, you're not going to shift from I'm upset and I make this mean I'm inadequate to I'm super happy and I'm perfect all the time. So how does somebody like take this? I know one of them is the like knuckle, you know, the little conditioning thing mm -hmm. you shared, which is a great exercise. Sure. What's another way we could start to kind of like ease ourselves into not freaking out when we have certain emotions or fails or things like that? So you know, what you're talking about is that feeling of inadequate or fear or, oh my God, I did this wrong. And you could take that simply as, what did I learn? What did I learn? Because if you listen to all the experts and these people did not come up with any of this stuff. This is all stuff that's been years and years and years. If you go back to um, Dale Carnegie and all these people that were just, just 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years ahead of us, we're doing these things. And it's, it's simply like, look at Thomas Edison. You know, how long did it took him up? What, I think 10,000 tries to invent the light bulb, but he didn't look at it as a failure. He just looked at it as, I can't do it this way. I can't do it this way. You're doing the same thing. You will not grow if you don't make mistakes. If you're afraid of failure, you will never, you will stay exactly where you're at. So the best thing to do, and I tell everyone when I go up and speak with kids or anything, fail. 
I told I tell my own kids, fail as much as you can, as often as you can, because you will be 10 times more ahead of me than I was at that age, you know what I mean, by failing. So it's fine. Make the mistakes. And I think yep. we're programmed in a society to think, oh, mistakes are bad. Like, oh, you messed up on a test. You got enough. Like, that's a failure. That's a program. You're being programmed to think that if you get enough, well, you know what? I'm just not good at that. And I don't care. Like, that's the attitude. And it's a mind shift, right? You're shifting your mind to think that way. And it's okay to think that way. So I guess one of the things is, is A, to recognize your fears, your failures, the things that you're afraid of, writing them down, right? Write them down on a piece of paper, the things that are holding you back, writing them down. But then also, again, it kind of goes like, okay, what would I rather be doing? If, I am not, if I'm afraid to fail, where am I going to be? This is like the Dickens effect. Where am I going to be in five years and 10 years with my business? Identify that. Once you realize that you're not going to move because of that, okay, well, what, what's the worst case scenario that's going to happen if I do do this and I fail? Okay, well, maybe if I'm speaking, maybe they don't, they don't have me to speak again, or maybe they don't give me a recommendation. All right, well, then I go find someplace else to speak. Or for you, um, you're afraid of failing and making a mistake. Well, what, what's the worst case scenario that can happen is, well, I just figured out that that doesn't work for me. You know, look at these mistakes, these things that are going on in your life as just an inconvenience, right? Well, that's inconvenient. If you change the meaning of the word to a power word, like, oh my God, I'm such a failure. Or you find generational trauma being passed down, right? And I'm not saying this specifically women, but like if a mom stands in the mirror and her daughter sees her and she goes, oh my God, I'm so fat, right? You hear that over and over and over again. Well, if that daughter grows up and looks in the mirror and she's remembering, oh, I'm so fat. Well, why don't you say, wow, I look really good. You know what I mean? It's reprogramming the meaning behind that word. Uh, you know what? I have stuff to improve on. I'll go to the gym and improve on it. You know what I mean? And But that takes some time. It's okay to allow yourself to go through that, but it takes some time to sit there and be like, oh, well, why am I saying this to myself? And if I keep doing this, again, where are you going to be in one or five years from now if you keep doing what you're doing? Yeah. I love that. And one thing everybody can look up after this episode is um, something called the Dickens process or the, the Dickens exercise mm -hmm. you mentioned. I'm sure yep. there's yep. probably on YouTube or something. But um, one of the things that I think is so um, underemphasized is, is like, I, I think there's staying stagnant and not failing because you're afraid of that there is no upside on the other side. You just stay no. exactly the same versus if you are willing to fail many, many times, you're going to come out the other side smarter with better skill set, with hopefully the result. But even if you didn't get the result, you come out the other side, a more confident you know, person and you learn to trust yourself and have your own back in hard times. And like that to me is a skill you can transfer in anything else you do. And you're going to be better off after that. Right. So one of the questions Definitely. I have to ask myself sometimes in my business is like three years from now or five years from now, am I going to be happy I made this investment or am I going to be happy I did this yeah. thing? And the other thing that I think is underemphasized is acknowledging, like going back to conditioning, we never condition ourselves to feel like proud of ourselves or like, damn. Yes. Yes. Awesome yes. That. yes. Yes. We're always on to the next we thing. Do, or we, we, 
yeah, we go don't ahead. reward ourselves for our successes. And that was or hard for me. I was, what's that? Reward yourself for your, I think you should track and reward yourself for your failures too, because you have to have both to succeed. That's, that's, so like, that's a very good way no, of putting it. Yeah. That doesn't mean recklessly trying to fail. It doesn't mean, you yeah. know, doing something in a crappy way on purpose, yeah. but it means like I keep a log and I've started to log just results, meaning results can be a win mm -hmm. or a fail yeah. or a fail. So something yeah. I tried, I was on three podcasts this week, you know, or I, you know, hired this thing and it went like this and whatever. And so I track that to honestly just see, oh, I'm not staying stagnant. I'm what can I learn from this? And acknowledge, like, look at this stuff that you are like working through and good for you. Mm -hmm. So um going back to what you were saying, sorry to interrupt. I just wanted to really say, like, yeah. guys, fail if we could condition ourselves to not label it as failing or bad, but instead as you know, a learning process and something we've tried and be open to try, 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 fail, try, fail, try, win, 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 you know, and th that whole thing, then yeah. you're so much bigger. But go back to what you were going to say about success and rewarding yourself. So, yeah, like, for example, I started doing that for myself. Like, I never rewarded myself. I just worked, 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 worked. Now I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm going to reward myself. And here's one of the occasions that happened. I, I was sitting there. It was, we're at... I think it was after Thanksgiving. I'm like, you know what? Nobody, and I noticed I've been in sales for a long time too. Nobody wants to do anything from like Thanksgiving all the way till after, like two weeks after the new year. So I just, all I did is make contacts. I think I contacted you too in December as well. I was just constantly contacting it. Now coming into January and we're very early in the January, I have made so much more progress to actually realize like the connections I have, I'm meeting with the connections. The connections are wanting to meet with me. They're wanting to do dual work with me, you know, put some programs together. All these things that I just did in December fed right into January. And I was like, oh, you know, so I was like, I don't know if it's going to work. And I just went really hard on it. But then I'm like, oh, you know what? Every day I want to make some more context because I don't want that to slow down. I want to keep going. And it just keeps getting better and better and better. I started rewarding myself for that. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to buy this for myself because I never do that before. You know? So it's like, yeah, here's a goal. I hit that goal. I'm going to reward myself for that goal. But I love what you said about failures because we're so scared. Oh, I failed. Oh, I'm such a loser, right? Like I'm, you just rewarded yourself for failing because you learned that's not the way to do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You learn from it. Yeah. And I love like, what you did in December, you're reaping the rewards in January. Doing things your past self would thank you for. Like, I am so thankful myself was able to get really uncomfortable last week and work a lot in preparation for this week where I'm going to be working a little less and, you know, the, the things that I was doing. And so it's like when you're making new habits, don't be um, it, like I think people fear rewarding themselves because they think they won't work as hard. But you can't loathe or hate or judge or, you know, beat yourself up into progress. It's just not ask yourself, how is that working for you right now? And for yeah. maybe some of you, you want to try to defend that and be like, it does work. But what if there could be another way where it doesn't have to be mm -hmm. as heavy and hard and terrible? Right. Yeah. So and I think 
the discomfort of challenges is hard enough. Um, you don't need to add extra beating yourself up and self-loathing and whatever else else, else to yeah. it, right? I think yeah. when you make the choices, in those little tiny moments where you're like, you do one little thing that's beneficial, you got to be like, hey, that was a good shift you made this time. Nice work, yep. right? Yeah. So how do you, um, what's some ways we could acknowledge or reward ourselves? You know, like I said, it took a while for me to do that for myself until I just kind of sat down for me. And this doesn't work for everybody. For me, I just started writing it. Like I started writing down, okay, you know, like I started to want to build my identity. When I'm speaking, what is my brand as a personal, as a person? So I start writing all this stuff down, right? And when I start writing all this stuff down, I'm like, okay, let's do this and this and this. I got more hyper-focused on what I needed to do. And it just built from there. But the biggest thing is just not giving up. Like I've been doing this for a while and it's like, I would say three to four years and it's just starting to pay off. But like, for me, it's different. Like I have that unbelievable drive because I don't want another mother or father to have to bury their child because they commit suicide. Like, I know I can fix it. I know I can. And it's just getting out there. And it's like, so that drive, I take it so internally that that's what motivates me. It's just like, okay, I got to find a different way of doing this. What is it going to be? The biggest factor I'd say as a coach yourself, what is your drive? Like you always say, what is your why? Why are you so driven to help somebody in that area? Define that for yourself. That should what you should live and breathe every day. Because when you have that drive, you will never give up. It's just not an option for me. For me, and I know this is not true. I know my son is proud of me. I know he's with me on this journey. But I feel like I will not let you down. Like I am going to build something so big that people will know who I am and who you are and our story and what we're trying to do in this world together. Yeah. I mean, I got goosebumps. You are totally driven by your why. And I think that's super beautiful. And I think most coaches are in it for a big why. That's probably why mm -hmm. we get into it, you know? And I think um, one of the things that um, I want to challenge the listeners to do after this episode is every day, write down what are three things. Now, this is not cocky. This is not, you know, to show off, but write down three things you like about yourself every day. Yeah. And chances definitely. are most people will be like, oh, that's hard. Or like, oh, it's hard to come up with something today. Or like, and it doesn't have to be, it, it could be a quality about yourself. Sometimes when I answer that question, a lot of the times what my answer is, is I don't give up. And so, you know, I tweak and refine until it works. And, um, kind of, I think Charlie, that would be one of yours too, that you like about yourself. So I think I would challenge everybody to write that down every day and just see what comes up for you and start getting more familiar with the other side of what's possible for you, which is not beating yourself up, not hating the yeah. process, et cetera. Yeah. You know, to add to that three things that you like about yourself, like, right. I want to go back to the programming at a young age and the people that influence you. I bet you in one month, just writing down three things that I bet you when you get about two weeks in, maybe not even, I bet you anything, you're having a hard time coming up with three things that you like about yourself that you haven't already said. 
you know, because that's the way we're programmed. So I love that exercise that you just gave everybody and challenged them to do that because now you have to really think outside the box about yourself and it's going to expand your mind and it's going to help you so much more in coaching too on how to approach situations. And what you start to focus on, you start to see more of. Yeah. So if you're yeah. already like, I got all this stuff to work with. I got all these tools. I like this stuff about myself. I want to help people. My drive is super strong. Suddenly your world just becomes so much more expansive versus what's wrong with me? Why isn't this working? I'm so, I was such a victim, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah. Charlie, where can everybody connect with you and find you? Uh, you can email me at charlie at charlieraythehealer.com or go to my website, uh, www.charlieraythehealer.com. That's where you can connect with me. If you guys have any questions, I'm actually going to give a little plug for myself, but it, yeah. I'm hoping by April, I'm actually putting together a quarterly mastermind course. Um, very affordable, but it's really just going to dig deep into how your mind works, how do we perceive information, right? How do we change the, our perception of that information? It kind of goes off four parts, right? Identifying where our emotional trauma comes from, releasing that trauma, empowering yourself with tools that are going to help build you to a new you, and then, you know, your growth, build, building to a new future and what that looks for. And I'm going to do all of that in the mastermind course that I'm putting together now. And hopefully it, it launches around April time that we're looking to do it. Awesome. Well, that sounds awesome. And thank you for all the work you're doing. And um, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. And if you liked it and want to reserve your very own free sales audit, go to HaleyRowe.com slash strategy hyphen call to book your very own free sales audit. On the call, we'll talk more about the common concerns you get from your ideal clients, how to overcome those concerns, how to coach through objections, how to change your mindset around sales and improve your sales process so you can be closing and converting more clients. I can't wait to connect with you and go to HaleyRowe.com slash strategy hyphen call to take the first step. Thanks so much. Have a good day.